So, welcome. Welcome in. I, I'm, I'm glad you guys are here today. It's the Plank Show on the Ref. I'm a, I'm a little bit hoarse, kind. And not, not really. The voice will get going here. I haven't had uh, my necessary H2O yet today. Usually, I have pounded about five bottles of water before the show starts, but I'm at basically one glass. So, we'll get there. Hang with us. Um, I'm at OU. I am every Monday. This is where we do the the plank show in uh, football season because uh, at 11.30, so I usually bolt a little bit early, we tape Coach's Corner. And it's been nice to have this on Monday. kind of opens up the rest of the week for not just us as a show. I mean, again, I'm not trying to compare eras, but it's kind of nice to have the next few days where Josh and I can chop it up in studio. But it's obviously a Monday and a 48-hour stretch, unlike anything we felt in the Sooner Nation in a long time. And you you cap it with a couple of other things too, right? Um, Oklahoma State started out incredible. I mean, that was a big win for them over Baylor on Saturday. If I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm pretty fired up right now. Now, um, I would also – I would also kind of stop and say, boy, uh, Baylor was and, – and, again, I went back and watched the highlights. I haven't – and listened to it on my drive home, the the latter part of it. Baylor has has been what I thought they would be, right? I thought that they would struggle to replace some of their playmakers. But, oof, they missed some golden opportunities in that game. But it doesn't matter. You add to it, Oklahoma State is, is rolling to start the season. USC is rolling with Lincoln Riley to start the season. Um, and so it creates a lot of vitriol and frustration, right? Because a lot of the things that even as a fan of your team, you can band together and say, well, at least in Texas, even one last Saturday too, right? <laughs> After starting two and two. So it's almost as if what happened on the field then gets couched with damn Texas one, man, Oklahoma state's undefeated. Gosh, Lincoln Riley won again. And everyone's losing their mind over Caleb Williams. Like everything that could challenge you as a fan is challenge you, challenging you right now or right here, right? It's, it's, it's not good. And, and I'm, again, I, I think as we welcome in Josh Helmer to the Brown O'Haver Studios, good morning, Josh. How are you on this Monday? Josh is not doing oh. good, oh, but he'll be here. I have heard from oh, him. Bad. Josh was in a panic this morning, could not, for the life of him, he says, find his car keys. He has finally, okay. he has right. finally found them and will be My here bad. in five, he said. So. Usually I'll get a text from him that says I'm <laughs> yeah. running behind, no, so I didn't he, get it. He texts okay. me with the face palm emoji uh, on his way. So. By the way, I had that happen the other day. Very quick little sidebar. We're going to have a few sidebars today to try to bring some joy. But uh, I've had that happen so many times, TJ, because my key's either in one of three. And I only have a fob, right? My key's either in one of three places. And when it's not in those three places, it's immediate panic time. And right away, my wife usually knows where it is. It's like, you left it right here. I'm like, oh. <sighs> the wives usually know. In fact, they he's pulled everything. in. He is uh, heading in now. So he has found the keys. Okay. He is set to go. <laughs> I'm an incredibly overly optimistic person. Uh, I've always been that way uh, in life, right? I just that, that's, that's how I view things. But I know through you know working with with Toby for a while, and he's – I don't want to say Toby's challenged me on this, but it's like you you don't want someone looking at a blue sky 
or excuse me, you don't want someone looking at a dark and cloudy, rainy sky and me trying to sell them that, oh, dude, it's a beautiful blue sky day. Not going to do that. Can't do that. Won't do that. Um, I have a positive outlook. I believe in Brent Venables, and I believe in the staff and this administration. But I, I do think that there's some things that we'll sit here throughout this week and we'll debate and discuss that need to be better. You know, giving up 50-plus points to a first-year staff um, and a quarterback that you know, historically you've done a pretty good job at minimizing the damage and a team that you boat raced last year, unacceptable. Just in, in, in enraging, too, at that for, for everyone involved. You don't – you know, I was, I was joking with TJ before we hit the air because, you know, when, when you were a kid, when you were a kid and you'd show up to – to the, I'll just use a pool analogy here. And you have one of your buddies that's already been swimming for a little bit. It's like, how cold's the water? And like, oh, it's pretty cold. But once you jump in it, it's okay. That's kind of how I feel tiptoeing in here today. TJ, how's the nation? Eh, it's pretty upset. It's pretty upset. But um, it, it, it got a little bit better as it went on. But it's still that amongst each other. And that's that's fine. That's fine. That's what being a fan is about. And I talk about it. It's a lot like the choose your path, right? And it's it's what it's what America is about, by God. You get to choose. You're either so consumed with frustration that you've tapped out on everything. This direction ain't gonna work. We're screwed. We're gonna we're gonna be Vandy in the SEC. Um everyone that said we were Nebraska is right. It's over. You can go that way. Or you can step back and say, bigger goals ahead here. This is unacceptable and this is frustrating, but I still believe. And, oh, my gosh, did we have a laundry list of injuries on Saturday that still I find it shocking to even come to grips with how that all happened in one game. Shocking. So you choose. And it's wild because what's playing out right now, as TJ was telling me about the waters in the pool, is how it's really become like mono e mono on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So we'll dip our toe in there. You know, I, I don't think we're all going to come to a common ground. I don't expect us to. I don't think we should. But I was thinking about the worst performances. Let me rephrase that because I don't even want to say that. Good morning, Josh. How are you, by the way? You good? Find the key, okay? We're, we're good. Good okay. morning. I'm, I'm prepared it's, like the Oklahoma football team this yeah. morning. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the worst feeling in the world, right? Mine's usually a phone where it's like, pat one for the key, pat the back for the wall. It's like, what do I do with my phone? Where's my phone? So, good on you. I'm glad you're in. But I don't, I don't ever want to say, oh, that's the worst. I think about miserable experiences that I've had on the sidelines, right? Weather or you know, performances, and I don't know if anything's ever going to catch 2011 Oklahoma State. That was just – and, again, I have a lot of Oklahoma State fans, so, you know, at least you can kind of couch that a bit in a, you know, like my guy Mo was happy, right, and or whomever. And Vinny, Vinny was happy. At least you feel, all right, well, my friend's happy, so that's fine. But it was it was terrible, Josh. It was terrible, terrible. But just from an everything that happened around this, right, from the fans being right behind you, 
from the injuries that you constantly had to cover to even some of the confusion over covering the injuries that we'll get to, you know, and, and just how it was so nonstop that you're like, oh, my gosh, who's here, who's there? And then, you know, we got Gabe on one side and I'm on the other side and we're trying to put it all together. It was in, in you know, knowing how bought in the fans were and are on Team 182, it's just it, – it was up there, Josh, with this frustrating of a – of a regular season game for just about everyone I, I'm involved. It's pain that we haven't felt in the regular season in in quite a while. I mean, even you go back to everyone's like, well, I know the pain we lost to Baylor last year. Yeah, but not like that. You know, I know pain we lost to Oklahoma State and Stillwater last year. Yeah, but not like that. You know, it's just it's, – it's a different kind of pain, I think, that you're feeling on this Monday as a Sooner fan, right? Well, yeah, it was a thorough dismantling. You gave up four 60-plus yard touchdowns in the game. Guys were running wide open. It looked discombobulated. And coming off of a loss, the first loss of the Brent Venables era, you're looking for a response. You expect a response. Historically, that's been kind of the MO of Oklahoma. And, you know, even though we're not that far removed from – 2020, the COVID year where you started 0-2, then you went on and you know won out and won the Big 12 championship, it, it didn't play out like this mm-hmm. in the second loss. And so how could you not leave that game and, and be troubled about what the rest of the season looks like? Maybe even beyond that for Oklahoma. So they got to play a lot better in a hurry. I, um, I've got all kinds of audio for the show today, right? Um, and, I, and I do. I mean, the Riverwind Casino jackpot line is open. The call-in line at 405-329-9000. The Air Comfort Solutions text line has been hopping all day at 405-651-3439. I don't expect that to stop. You know, Twitter's a good spot to hit us up, at Josh on Ref at Plank Show. Um, so before we get into the – the back and forth, the we're all doomed, we're never going to win another football game mindset. Let's do talk about the injuries. And uh, just first off, you know, the Damon Harmon thing was about as scary as I've seen on a football field. And, you know, there was a part of me early on, Harmon had been struggling all game long, Josh, with a thumb injury. He had, um, he had hurt his hand. And I think on one of the first busts, he wasn't out there. Now, again, he's not an every-down safety form, but when Billy Bowman is out, he's a guy that sees increased playing time. And, honestly, he hasn't played too poorly. He's he, he's played okay. And I noticed they were working on the thumb a lot. And they, they retaped it up, the athletic training staff. Listen, man, game ball to Robert Fulton. I know you don't give out game balls after you lose, but that athletic training staff, man, they were they were taxed. And and they were, they were fighting all day long. They did an incredible job, man, incredible. Um, so when he was down, my first hope was, man, maybe someone just caught him on that hand, right? And you took a shot. You know, Teddy's talked about it a lot. Whenever guys might have an ankle or a shoulder injury that they're dealing with, and you feel like you're okay, then all of a sudden you take a shot on, and it's like, oh boy, right? Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, and we kind of figured that out rather quickly whenever, you know, you saw the urgency of the training staff. But it was just – it's 
it's that quick and instant reminder of just the violence of this game. And we saw it on Thursday night, right, Josh? With with two it's that it's that you you quickly realize, dang man. And I, I even said this after they, they got him off the field. I don't know how some of these guys do it. I don't know how you can watch. I mean, you, I'm sure they had it on TV. Guys like Justin Harrington and Kenai Walker were emotional. But then you got to put your helmet back on. you got to go play after watching your boy get his face mask cut off. Um, and then he's having to – well, un, unscrewed off. And then they're wheeling him back on a gator and taking him to a local hospital. You know, it sucks. But the good news was – you know, after further evaluation, uh, he was released from the hospital and able to return home. So that was that was good to hear. The Dylan Gabriel hit, I mean, again, that's the second time TCU has got a really cheap shot on one of our quarterbacks. And I know it's going back a ways, but, man, Josh, in 2015, that shot on Baker Mayfield, that was – that was as scary of a hit, and Baker finished the first half. Remember, and then went into the locker room, and they're like, "Yeah, no, 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 you're you're not going back out." Uh, and it took a, a heroic play from Stephen Parker to save the day. But, dude, I don't know what it. They never showed the replay in the stadium. Thank goodness. Uh, obviously, we're pulling out our phones and looking at it. But that was that was as scary of a hit for a guy that was giving up his. His body, as I've seen, it reminded me of not. I mean, listen again. Not just going back to the Baker play. I can't. Not everyone has a memory, and I'm not saying I do. Where you're like, oh yeah, seven years ago is incredible. But a couple of years ago, I think Flacco was giving up his body and gave up a hit like that. When you and I know it's again. I'm not. It was a cheap shot. I know sometimes it can be tough for defenders, but in that instant, instance, things weren't already. I mean, it's not like oh. Dylan Gabriel went over, went out, and obviously that ruined things for the Sooners. Things already weren't going well, and Dylan Gabriel wasn't necessarily playing all that well on Saturday. But you know that was that was a, that was as scary as anything as you saw from the actual hit, too. I mean, the hit, the reaction, everything, dude, that was just jarring. Yeah, you you hate that. Obviously, oh. incredibly dirty play. For Oklahoma, you know, beyond that, hope that both DeMond Harmon and Dylan Gabriel are, are in fact, okay and healthy and going to be all right. The football side of it, Oklahoma's got some serious problems at its backup quarterback position. (laughs) And sort of what we thought about OU, which was if we got into a situation to where Dylan Gabriel sustained an injury, that it could be troublesome for Oklahoma – and that's so obviously the case for the Sooners now. Plank, there is, in, unless there's something that we just haven't seen from either General Booty or Nick Evers, but it doesn't appear like Oklahoma's comfortable going that route, th- there's no way that OU's winning OU Texas if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play. And it's going to be hard enough to win it with him, but without him, they've got no chance. And it did not take you long to segue from the injury to how bad the backup quarterback situation is. Is that kind of how the way things are going to go today, you think? Uh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, man, so it was, you know, it was bad. He took that shot. It was a scary moment. Yeah, and you know what? Their backup quarterback situation sucks. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it was, you know, the thing is, Dylan never went to the hospital, and that's, you know, a good sign that 
the scene, he was in that injury tent for a long time. That injury tent was was up basically the whole game. But, yeah, it was it was scary. I was glad to see that he was able to leave the team. I think a lot of uh, – he walked past the media when he left. He was um, – I believe he had shades on, you know, when you get the light from the concussion and – you uh you you he had a towel over his head so you know obviously the the effects were there i'm i i know that you know i think brent venables mentioned on his coaches recap show that hey saw him you know you look good but obviously you know no one wants to try to be the doctor and diagnose these things so i would you want to do a a quick little injury rundown, at least from my projections and perspective here real quick, knowing Chris Plank is not a doctor, and here's what I think it might look like for Saturday, just real quick before we get into the teeth of the madness here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's a lengthy list, obviously. Okay. Here's what I would say um, for Texas, and this is this is my opinion and by no means an official word. I would say out for Texas, Bowman – Morris and Eric Gray. I would say questionable Dylan Gabriel. Um, well, I, you know, I would I would put D Harmon probably on the out list too. Damon Harmon. Um, who am I? Who am I missing? I know Ra- Raym. I think would be um, probable. He um, he had a little issue getting off the field. Anton Harrison, I would put as probable. Remember, he was having problems getting off the field. You know, hold on, let me go get my. <laughs> I've got my list here. I I started keeping a, a list on Saturday, like I typically do. I got my Brent Venables book here. Let's see, DG Wanye Morris, uh, Jalen Redman went into the tent, but um, he was in there for just a short amount of time. So I think, I think he should be okay. Um, Mims took a hard hit, but we talked to him afterwards. Remember early in the game, he had he had taken a shot and was kind of out of breath. So um, hopefully that's all that it was. And I think I think that about does it, right? Bowman, Morris, Eric Gray, Damon Harmon, Dylan Gabriel, Andrew Rame, Anton Harrison, Marvin Mims, and again I didn't put Redmond on that list because uh, he he may have just been. <laughs> Using the oh um probable for Theo Wees too. Remember he had the he had to go in and get that that knee retaped as well, right? Whenever it looked like he hyperextended. So that's nine guys, three on the offensive line, and your starting quarterback and starting running back and two of your key receivers and a guy who's fairly integral to your defense. In a at a time when, by the way, things already weren't going well, right? I'm, I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying, well, the injuries are the problem. That's that's not my 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 thought at all. This is this is concerning now going forward because there's four guys that I want three that I mentioned that I'm worried they might not play this week that are pretty key parts and have developed into key parts of this team. And Billy Bowman, Wanya Morris, and Eric Gray. And the only reason I didn't put Dylan Gabriel on that list is because. You know, you kind of hope that, you know, maybe he's able to work through the protocol and get ready. But not a good list, is it? No, no, it's not. I mean, that's just kind of how Saturday was for Oklahoma. And, and let me be clear. I mean, obviously, health being first and foremost, I hope everybody's okay. Yeah, I, I was just playing with you, by the way. <laughs> but 
Man, it's just like this game versus TCU, literally everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for Oklahoma. You got kicked in the game. You right. lost two straight. You're 0-2 in the Big 12 play. It feels like, looks like things could get really, really ugly for Oklahoma. And, oh, by the way, you had just a myriad of injuries going into Oklahoma, Texas. So, man, it's a, oh. it's a rough spot for OU right now. By the way, someone just mentioned, too, you're right. I mean, Marcus Major didn't even make the trip. So, thank you. I mean, I, I just listed one of the five, six, seven, nine, ten guys that, that were hurt on, on Saturday, and I didn't even mention Marcus Major. Thank you. Um, someone from the 580 said, Venable said Ethan Downs didn't play the entire second half. Um, if, that's, if that's the case, then it wasn't an injury situation. So, that, at least from me seeing anyone work on him. I felt like he was out there, though. But if BV said it on a show, then yeah, it makes sense. If it was, if Ethan was struggling with an injury, and again, that we had that sideline pretty pretty locked down on Saturday, right? I don't necessarily know if it was something that he was that he was dealing with injury wise. There you go. All right, um, you want to get a break, and you want to kind of reset. Oh boy, this Air Comfort Solutions text line is something. To start the show, we're just getting going too. I know, I know. fun times, fun times ahead. Uh, and by the way, on that Marcus Major injury, I would I would say questionable. Okay, so I just I'll throw Major in that list too. How's that sound? I'll throw Major in that list as questionable. But again, these are these are unofficial notes. <laughs> um. Here and here's one by the way for the nine four zero. Honestly, let's make a rule. Down thirty, no more injury reports. Love you, but I would have turned your mic off. So injuries don't matter when you're losing a game. You just want to hear Ted and Toby wallow in misery. You don't care about the players and what's going on with them. So when you're down thirty, we're not supposed to talk about Damon Harmon down on the field. You're not supposed to bring up any of that. Come on, dude. I know it's bad, but. Down 30, down 50, down 100. When there's injuries, you have to talk about them. There's family members that are listening. You want to make sure they know what's going on. You want to make sure that uh, when when Ted's trying to analyze things, he knows who's in and out. Come on. I get it. It's tough. But now you're just being foolish. All right, quick break. It's 926. So what did go wrong, and is it fixable? We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into The Blank Show. Hey, outside of the OU game on Saturday, how did you feel just about college football in general, right? Georgia fans are freaking out. We've got a Bryce. Speaking of injuries, we got a Bryce Young injury that we're kind of keeping an eye on right now at Bama. Um, game day is going to Lawrence for Kansas TCU. Kansas is still, what, an underdog to DCU? People not quite buying in. KU get, Did I say Kansas? Yeah. KU gets ranked as well. Um, I, don't know, I thought it was uh, – now, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit different than some. I'll listen a little bit whenever I'm driving back after a game when we lose. But I'll go back and forth. Like, I'll listen for a little bit, and I'm like, I'm done with college football. And then I'll pop on like, a, like an old Stern, listen to Eric the Actor, or listen to some Bonfire. And I'm like, you know what? It's your job, dude. Turn back on the game. Quit being a baby. And then I'll listen to the game for a little bit, and I'm like, sad again. Turn on some music. 
But um, Clemson looks like they staked one heck of a claim to being a top four team potentially this year. They got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah, I did. I thought it was an interesting Saturday in college football beyond just what we had to experience. It was, yeah. Kansas stays perfect. How about that? Yeah. We had two doinks, and then the last kick, I don't know what happened on the final kick there for Iowa State. Uh, the, the rest of the Big 12, obviously, big win for Oklahoma Bro, State. I wish you could have heard the Iowa State radio network on that. <laughs> was it just Meltdown City? No, um, it was. It was wild because so he missed the kick. I was listening to the the Learfield Blitz, right, where they go around to different games. It's like a it's a really well done thing that that Learfield does, right? It's like a red zone for radio, and they bounce around to different play by plays, and it it kind of fooled me. Because they go to Iowa State, and it's like, here we go, you know, to like, take lead, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and he missed it. He missed it. And it was just silence. And all of a sudden, you hear a voice go, kickers, man, kickers, every single time, kickers. And I'm like, what? And it was the host of the Learfield thing. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a, what a way to submit an L by basically just blasting your kicker. But, yeah, Iowa State's kicker was terrible. Um, you know, I, I still have to watch the highlights of the Kansas State game because did, did, did Texas Tech mount a battle in that? or Because it was ESPN Plus, right? I didn't get a chance to listen to what was going on while our game was going on, so I was going to go back and watch the highlights tonight. But, yeah. Yeah, it was it was tied up going to the fourth quarter. Wow! In that game, so no, it was a good game. And then obviously Kansas State made plays late, and Adrian Martinez again ran wild. He and Deuce Vaughn both had uh, over 100 rushing yards, and Deuce Vaughn had like 170. Adrian Martinez didn't throw it nearly as well wow. versus Texas Tech as he did against Oklahoma, but he uh, he ran it. He ran it really good again. Um. The post-game show that we do on the Sooner Radio Network is available on our podcast page at Soonersports.com slash podcast. And um, Ted said something in the post-game that was great, and I know he's going to echo it today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get some approval to play it, but that question that seems to pop out of everyone's mouth when you focus on what's happened the last few weeks is very simple. Is it fixable? Right, Josh? That's the question. Every Hey, is this fixable? Everyone, you know, we talked about it a lot on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday show. Well, we talked about it all week last week. And everybody was kind of done with David Aguebu, and they were mad at Danny Stutzman, and you were mad at Deshaun White. And it was, well, why isn't Canik playing? And, I mean, you even – you even got to the fourth quarter of that game on Saturday, Josh, and Canick wasn't playing very much, right? He didn't come in until very late. But, you know, when you think about is it fixable, is it a matter now of getting some of those younger guys in the rotation that we talk about, the Grayson Holtons of the world who, who appear to have a really nice game, getting R. Mason Thomas back. There's another name that we haven't seen for a couple of weeks. But, I mean, it's – Ted said it. I mean, this isn't after game two. We're a third of the way through the season. Actually, more than that, right? Um, you're just beyond. Uh, you're beyond that, and it's. 
it's really hard to think going into a sixth game against a, a team that's basically rested their star quarterback to get him healthy for this game, and then a game seven looming the following week against a low-key Heisman Trophy candidate and a squad that may come in here undefeated in Kansas. I mean, this is – if it's going to get fixed – you got to do it against some pretty tough competition over the next few weeks. And I don't know if it's as magical as just flipping a switch like many of us would hope. It's it's attention to detail. It's what we talked about last week. And I don't know if there is magic pixie ducks, uh, dust to cure it all. One thing that you can definitely do, and, I mean, this has to get accomplished for Oklahoma. Can't have free runners. Can't have four 60-plus yard touchdowns in a game. Can't just be gap, one cut, adios, goodbye, right? I mean, that just fundamental being assignments now, being where you're supposed to be. The helplessness in the defensive secondary, okay, it's highly disappointing to see Woody Washington struggle as mightily as he struggled and seemingly not understand the concept of, hey, you can't just grab Turn and, your head around, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, Find the ball. It, it, it's frustrating to watch that, but, hey, at least he's there, right? Right. right. I mean, it's like that. <laughs> I see what you're saying. So, like, that is horrible, and it needs to get fixed. But, man, step one is don't let somebody be 15 yards clear of any defender. So and, and we saw too much of that on Saturday. So that's ground zero. Get that part cleaned up uh, going into this, this Texas game because obviously you know this, I know this, everybody out there knows this. Texas has enough skill talent to make this Saturday look just like last Saturday looked like. They've you – know, TCU, give them credit. They're – you know, last week – last week we talked a lot on this show about not knowing – what TCU was, right? They'd play three games. They'd beat SMU, Tarleton, and Colorado. One of those teams is so bad, they fired their coach. And the other team kept it pretty tight at times during that game. Now, they went for it a lot on fourth down. But they balled. I mean, every mistake that Oklahoma made, they took advantage of. And, you know, I, I get it. You have a bad feeling. This, You know what this reminded me of, Josh? Do you remember when the Raiders went to Kansas City last year and Josh Jacobs fumbled on the first play of the game? That's because everything for me goes back. That's what this reminded me of. And you're just in a hole that you just feel like you can never get out of. So, you know, you, you stop and you give TCU credit. Maybe maybe that's a really good team. You know, maybe Gary Patterson didn't have those cupboards as bare as we thought. But I'll say this, that's – I don't care how bare their cupboards were or not. That's unacceptable for everyone. Everyone. I'm not, I'm not I'm not breaking any news. I'm not being an a-hole here. I'm not telling anyone things they don't already know and, and haven't already heard and said. It's just I think it's even more frustrating when you think about how good this team appeared to be after three games. That's where the that's where the rub, I think, truly comes from more than anything else. It's bad enough to lose by fifty. Well, they didn't lose by 50, but give up 50. It's even worse when you started 3-0 and people started saying nice things about you. And then the next thing you know, how do you handle that? Boom. Things go south in a hurry. But you almost just find yourself at a loss. And listen, before Gabriel got hurt, 
You know, everyone wants to point defense, and it's right. You're right. Defense has to be better. But before Gabriel got hurt, and I think I don't remember. Maybe it was the mainline pod guy. Someone had been running through kind of a not a game, an all twenty-two breakdown, but it had some of the the they had some of the TV footage, and there were about three or four throws that should have been big plays that were just Josh. They were missed bad. You know, he he missed one bad to Mims. He missed one bad to Stoops. Uh, missed one that probably would have been a couple touchdowns and it could have made the difference. And, you know, it's again, you, you kind of pause and hesitate because, again, you are talking about someone who had his world rocked and you realize you're still in a better spot with him than you were with what the quarterback position looked like without him. But and he wasn't – he wasn't very good to start that game anyway regardless of the of the fumble on the the third play of the game, right? Dylan Gabriel didn't look good. He didn't look settled. I mean, he he missed some passes that, you know, I, I have one guy every game, every game, that every time Dylan Gabriel seems to throw an interception or an, an, an incompletion, it's the, oh, are you worried about his accuracy yet? And like <laughs> I said, you know, I went back to the ne- Nebraska game where everyone was freaking out about it. I'm like, yeah, I think I can excuse a few of those. But now we're two games in where there's been some pretty bad misses, Josh, and you start to wonder, okay, what's going on there? Is he Was he 100%? You know, is there something going on there with him that we don't know about? Because some of those misses are just, I mean, they're enough to make Jeff Levy probably want to pull all of his hair out. Yeah, he, I mean, he's missing throws that you got to make. Again, like you said, you almost feel like you have to preface everything with, I, I hope that he's okay right, in right. concussion protocol. But if we're just breaking down the play itself, you know, this was – Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we got to take it to you. I, but I didn't realize how late it was. I apologize. Th- I apologize. This was the first week to me, and others will scream up and down and say, oh, my goodness, I told you so. For sure. This was this was the first week to me, and I would agree with you if you feel this way, where it really, really felt pronounced. Like, and whoa. It, and it allowed things to snowball quickly on Oklahoma. Yes, it, it was bad, the, the inability to complete some throws that needed to be completed or could have been completed. Your offensive coordinator and your offensive coaches put you in position to make plays. You got to go make them. Quick break. When we come back, we'll hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's a plank show. I am uh, – let me just get a couple of the, uh, the the cheap shots in here. Ah, the old mystery injury narrative, an oldie but a goodie. We saw this in the spring game. He played for UCF for a reason. He's good, not great. Lack of team speed cannot be fixed. 90 days into camp, the inability to understand responsibilities is unfixable. 405. Bro, y'all thought because y'all beat a crap Nebraska team Y'all were crowning the Sooners the champs. And we weren't alone. I mean, there was a lot of people pretty impressed. I mean, it's not just here on the ref. That's what I should say. Yeah, actually, Oklahoma's primary villain was, was crowned. <laughs> By the way, too. since Colin Coward said something good about Oklahoma, they're 0-2. I know, yeah. It's, so maybe all for should, what it's worth. Maybe y'all should quit trying to suck up to him. That might help you out a little bit. All right. Hey, uh, True Sooner, what's going on, man? How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, Plank, I, had a, I, I did have a question on softball, but I want to bring this up real quick. I, I, I listened to the TCU broadcast Saturday. I had to work, and I couldn't, I couldn't get our broadcast uh, locally on, on whatever. Estridge is okay. We like Brian. We'll allow it. Did you, 
Okay, very interesting to me. Um, Sideline reporter mm-hmm. for TCU. Like I, yeah, he comes out of the halftime, and he's like, they're talking to him like like they do you guys, you, and they're asking him about what the coaches said, and he actually said, now I'm I'm paraphrasing this, but he actually said that the coaches were yelling to the players, the TCU players, as they were coming out. This something along the lines of this is the worst tackling team we've ever seen, so we're just going to keep running right at them. I mean, is that I mean, is that normal for a? <laughs> I, I I just thought it was interesting. Uh, huh. I'll I'll and, I'll call and, him. I'll ask him. I like that. I, yeah. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I'll check in and ask him. Yeah, that's a. And, if that's what they're saying, then obviously yeah. they're they try and yeah. again. They'll they'll say things to try to fire guys right. up. Maybe right. I know their that's strength guy went to college with him. You know, maybe there's things they're saying to motivate him more. Just but yeah, that yeah. that'd yeah. be interesting. That's it's interesting for a sideline guy to say that. Uh, but the softball thing tonight's game. Are, do you do that? Is it normal? Pretty much normal protocol, or is it a lot different? Is the game is it a is it a run rule thing like it is during the regular season? Or do they, do they play the whole seven innings? What is the protocol for tonight's softball I'm, game? I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I'm not doing tonight's game. Uh, okay. Tonight, okay. I've, got, I've got an event with my daughter that we do every Monday night. That's kind of become our thing. What's up, Purcell? Okay. I'm coming your way. But I'll check in for you. I'll let you know. I need to call JT. All right, anyway, so. All right, buddy, I'll All see right you. man. Take care. Yeah. Hey, if there is something you want, get fired up. Spring ball. Fall ball, excuse me, is here. Pro U softball, and they start tonight. Uh, some tickets are available, and they're they're doing it up, man. This is, you know, fall ball's always kind of been a thing that just is on the schedule. But as the two-time defending champs, you know, they they're wanting to do it upright. So Nicole Mendez is going to be on all the fall games every Wednesday night. They're playing uh, what they're calling the battle series, and it's going to be inter squad. They're going to have some different scoring, kind of what you've seen in the oh athletes unlimited. And I, and I just I got to reach out to JT anyway, and I got to call Patty. So I'll get all the details for you on that on Wednesday. Sco- uh, start times announced for the Kansas weekend, and of course it's an 11 a.m. game, which means that the Sooners, by the time we get to next Saturday, Josh, wait, hold on, a week from Saturday, will have played three straight 11 a.m. games. And four, I'm trying to do math. Would it be four of the first seven games would have then been 11 a.m. starts? Bye week is on the 22nd. So there you go. Start times. That West Virginia-Baylor game that week is on a Thursday night. So you're looking ahead a week from Saturday. OU Texas is at 11 a.m. Kansas at OU will be an 11 a.m. game as well. Good times. Quick break. Come back, wrap up Hour 1 next. It's The Plank Show. Hour 1 of The Plank Show brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. For all of your fencing needs, vhfence.com. That's vhfence.com. Call Mark and Tessa today at 405-735-1167. Demetrius has called us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. He gets the last word this hour. What's going on, Demetrius? How are you in Tulsa? Well, kind of sad from what happened on the weekend, but um, a couple of things. One, something that the commentators, I think, on television pointed out and might have been lost is the fact that there weren't any, they were all juniors and seniors 
on the starting lineup for TCU. And you've had a if you've got guys that have played that long, even though there was a coaching change, um, you know, you gotta kind of expect that there's gonna be some um some confidence there that that we might not have had. And also, they certainly took advantage of the, even though there were a couple of broken plays, they seemed to take advantage of the significant size difference that they had with their two primary receivers. So, And, and then, of course, there's the curse of mobile quarterbacks that continues. So um, I, I can't think that we need to get especially confident in the fact that we're going to be looking at possibly a mobile quarterback for Texas and maybe a mobile quarterback for Kansas since um, since Martinez and, and Duggar did so so wonderful a job in their mobile capacity. So, hey, you know what, Demetrius? That's a great point, and it's great to hear your voice. Thanks for the call, man. You're playing at a you're playing a mobile quarterback every game that's left this year. You know, if, if okay, so yours, I don't believe is as mobile as Card. But again, I like I said, I've got a lot of studying to do on Quinn Ewers' game. But I mean, J- Jalen Daniels is he's as mobile as they come, right? Spencer Sanders can move. Blake Shapin can move. Shapin throws it better than he runs it, but he can go. JT Daniels can move a bit. You know, outside, what, maybe Hunter Deckers? You know, the games that you have left in this conference, it's going to be a problem. Now, not all of them are as capable as a runner as Duggan and Martinez. Jalen Daniels is better than both of them. Donovan Smith is up there at both of them running the football. So, yeah, you're that curse of the mobile quarterback, not going anywhere in this league. At least the rest of the season. All right, we survived hour one. How you feeling, Josh? You good? Yeah, I I feel okay about it. Feel okay about it. Two more to go, baby. Now nah, we're gonna get through it. It's OU Texas week. Okay, one, so one way or another, they're gonna play football this weekend. <laughs> I made a horrific decision last hour. I didn't read any of your texts consistently. So let's do it next. It's the Plank Show.